To have your your, uh, scripture tonight, you'd like to look with me. I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 12, uh, verses 13 through 21. And uh, when we consider the lesson tonight, uh, you know, I know that all of us, we enjoy life. We enjoy, we want life to be a comfortable life. We want to have um, things that we enjoy. Um, We want to um, love people and, and share uh, our, our lives and, and uh, have joy with them. We want to have some possessions as well. Um, we work hard. We accumulate uh, those things. And, um, um, you know, it's not wrong to, well, it's, not, it's right to work and to accumulate things, but never to let those possessions become greater than our love for God. And uh, that's what Jesus addresses here in this lesson tonight. Um, sometimes people think, well, you know, to be uh, in, you know, the, the, the work uh, that we do to accumulate those things, uh, and at the same time, we can serve God. And even in people who have great wealth. I've known people who had great wealth and they used it in the service of God. You know, sometimes people misquote that scripture uh, that uh, money is the root of all evil. It's not. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And when it supersedes your uh, desire and, and your, your want to, uh, to serve God, then it is wrong. And it certainly is. Well, this uh, scripture, I'm going to go ahead and read this passage. Then one, one of them in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Seems like Jesus was a little bit uh, disturbed with him there in coming and, and talking to him in that, in that way. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then as Jesus was speaking, he, he began to speak to them in a parable, uh, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not, pay attention to that, is not rich toward God. In these scriptures, uh, there are certainly things that we treasure in life. Uh, I treasure time with my family. Uh, I treasured when our boys were growing up that uh, I could spend time with them. When I look back, when I get to be the age that I am now, and I look back to the time when, well, when I was a seminary student and uh, uh, was working and trying to go uh, on weekends and preach in different churches and to get some experience, and uh, uh, sometimes I took a lot of time 
from the, my boys, and, and I look back and I think, well, maybe I could have done that differently, you know. Uh, I try not to do that, to look back, because uh, we all have things in life that we can look back and say, I sure could have done that differently. Uh, probably most of us here that could. I know I certainly can. Uh, sometimes we have something we treasure maybe from our family, uh, something that was passed down to us, uh, uh, pictures or um, uh, maybe something passed down through the generations, a possession that uh, was uh, with, within our family, maybe uh, jewelry or um, I grew up as a southern boy and hunting and fishing was my family. And um, that was something that was usually passed down. The grandfather and father and passed down to their sons and grandsons uh, and sometimes granddaughters. Uh, their hunting and fishing equipment and those kind of things are furniture, land, or housing. And then community. Um, I treasure the friendship in, in community. And I mentioned to you, and, and Brother Jason mentioned as well, when I was working with the deaf, I learned that there's a very strong bond in their community. Communities kind of, it's established on a common language and uh, uh, common goals and uh, shared ideas of, of how to make things better. And uh, I, I certainly enjoyed those uh, times of, of working with deaf people and having the opportunity to get to know them and understand what their needs and their goals and their values were. And, of course, we all value our friendship uh, with our, our church family. That's something that uh, we treasure. And all of these things that I've said, these, these things, that's good. good. Uh, but we must always remember that our first priority, even above all these things, is Jesus. Knowing that Jesus is our priority. Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the, all these things will be added unto you, Jesus said. And, and certainly we, uh, we know that whatever we do in life, that uh, uh, our greatest goal should be, uh, well, once we've accepted Christ as our Savior, uh, to serve him throughout our lives. Today we live in a, a very materialistic society. Uh, not a one of us probably would question that at all. Uh, that we certainly do. We live in, in a society such as that, and every day there are new things that are displayed on television ads or uh, social media, whatever. Uh, you know, you, you buy a new iPhone, uh, two weeks later or a month later, there's a, a new one's got other stuff you didn't have, and it just moves that fast. Computers, a uh, computer tech guy told me a few years back, he said, you can just about buy a computer now, and a year later, uh, it's not obsolete, but there are so many other things you're going to want <laughs> that, that, are, that are available just in a year's time or less. And so um, we have to be careful to not let those things rule our lives and always keep Jesus the center of, the center of our lives and that, that our focus is upon him. <clears throat> well, this man in this scripture, as we just read, Jesus was speaking to this crowd and there was a man there, I don't know if he was maybe just out in the crowd like a heckler and, and waving his hand, uh, Rabbi, you know, we, I have a question I want to ask you. And uh, uh, that was something that the rabbis uh, did. They settled disputes and they 
uh, handle certain things like that. And this man had the wrong idea. Maybe he was looking at Jesus as just being one of their rabbis. Jesus was the savior of the world and uh, uh, the king of kings and lord of lords. And, and uh, he probably didn't recognize that. So he just said, teacher, tell my brother to divide the things he has with me. We don't know the circumstances around this. Maybe, maybe his brother, uh, maybe their father gave them uh, an inheritance at his death. Maybe this man who asked this question had squandered his like the prodigal son did. And the other one still had his possessions. And he's saying, share that with me. We don't, I don't know the, all the circumstances that are around that. But anyway, he was asking for this from uh, Jesus to settle this. And Jesus told him, I think what he didn't expect to hear. Who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you to settle a case uh, such as this? And uh, <clears throat> Jesus went to the, to the root of the problem, uh, which I think can be found in, in this phrase. Uh, tell him to divide with me. I, I want what he has, basically, maybe is what he's saying. I want what he has. I want a part of that. The hunger for things... Uh, and the direct words in verse 15 there, Jesus told him to take heed and beware of covetousness. Greed. Beware of greed. And that's evident in the world today. I think there was even a documentary or a, a, a television special or something. Uh, uh, the American Greed. And it's certainly prevalent. It is. And uh, so people have to be aware and have to, uh, to guard against that. So, Jesus warned him uh, of this. <clears throat> and then he begins, as he speaks of this parable, uh, beginning in verse 16, he just connects this as he speaks this parable to the people who are gathered there. And, uh, and before I leave that, I want to say, that I have known some people in life that were, um, they didn't have a lot, but they were extremely happy. They were happy people. I grew up like that. I grew up on a farm and uh, wasn't a lot of uh, luxury in life. And, and uh, uh, I don't think we even had a telephone until I was a senior in high school. And then it was the rotary, I mean the uh, rotary kind, and it was a party line. Some people may not know what that is. You know, your party line, if it rings once, maybe that's you or two times, it's the other person. And I think there were four or five people that were on that same one. That's the kind of phone we had. <laughs> but uh, I was a senior in high school, as I said, when I, we received that. So I've, I've known a lot of people in, in life and in growing up that, <clears throat> that had a meager existence. But they were happy. They were happy. And I've known a lot of people who had, and you have too, who had great wealth, and they were miserable. Again, that's not saying it's wrong to have wealth, but it does not promote, it does not bring happiness to everyone. If you think it would, look at Hollywood, California. Some of the richest people in the world that live there, and probably some of the most miserable uh, that, are, that are there. People can, uh, can live a hundred years and never fully enjoy life if their attitude is about accumulation of things. If it's about uh, gaining and gaining and gaining and never think about the true and important values uh, of life. <clears throat> there are things that we want to place in, in life that certainly uh, we, we want to live in a safe, we want to be safe. 
Uh, we want to have food. We want to have clothing. We want to have a way to get where we need to go and to have medical care, all those things. And uh, that is uh, supplying the, the need that we have. Um, <clears throat> but sometimes we get an idea when we see things that help us to understand just how different life is for some people. Uh, back several years ago, um, I worked with some missionaries in uh, Honduras, and we went into Tegucigalpa. Honduras was a uh, it was a capital city, over a million people there, and some of the poorest people that I had ever been around, and it was eye-opening to me to see how happy those people were. And we had a church there, and we had a school for deaf children uh, in that city. And uh, some of the homes that we would visit in, in the different times that I was there, uh, would be a tin walls with a tin roof. And when you enter the, the, bu the building, the house, it, was, it, it wasn't carpet or wood or tile. It was a dirt floor. But they were so thankful for what they had. They had shelter. They had food. And uh, it really was an, an awakening experience for me to see those people and how they lived and how they were so thankful. And then I think about the life that we have that's just abundance compared to many countries. It's abundant for us. Even the person that would say, well, I'm, you know, I don't have much. We do. We do. If you look at it concerning other countries, you do. You have a very good and, and uh, abundant life. But some of these people there, the school we had for deaf children, the mothers would walk to a bus area where the bus would come through the rural areas, take their child, maybe ride then for an hour and a half or two hours into the city for their children to get an education. They would wait on them all day. These were small children. Wait on them all day and ride the bus back with them. Their thought was that I have food for today and I have transportation to get my child to school and back home and the, the availability to do it tomorrow. And that's how they lived. And that really impressed upon me how that God does take, take care of us uh, and even in existence such as, as they were in, that it certainly, you could see that there were happy and joyous people living in dire circumstances. I read a book not too long ago by Philip Yancey uh, titled the, the Jesus I Never Knew. And uh, he talked about underground churches and third world countries and the spreading of the gospel and the uh, existence that they have and the trials that they face as they, as they go through their daily life. And he compared it like this. He said, in a third world country, uh, the people, their prayer sounds more like, Lord, give me strength to bear through this burden that I may serve you. He said, that's what their prayer was. And to him, he, he said, it seems like in America that we are used to a quick solution to everything and that the American prayer sometimes was, Lord, fix this problem. 
I have to say, sometimes we're, we're kind of like that. Lord, we want this taken care of now. And, uh, uh, and, and he said there was a vast difference in being with the people uh, in the churches where he had, had gone there in third world countries and then comparing it to where he had been uh, in America. Well, we have to have the right focus and uh, we have to focus that knowing that Jesus is our priority. And then Jesus speaking this parable, I'm going to go on now to verse 16. Um, the ground of this certain rich man that it yielded plentifully. And uh, he had an abundance there. And uh, uh, he used the parable to teach how that this man, he wanted to become richer and richer and richer. And a simple story to, to illustrate that is what Jesus used. A parable is a story to, to give a, a spiritual and a practical application of how we can, uh, can comprehend it. And uh, as the man said, uh, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to store all that I have? I wonder if he ever thought about sharing it. You know, you'd have to think, um, even in the Old Testament, the, um, the, the rule was, the law, they were to leave uh, areas where people could glean, people that had nothing, and uh, that they could go there and glean in those fields. Well, Jesus, in using this, he's applying it to the way these people were, were thinking. And he said, uh, this man said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and I will build greater. And uh, there I will store all my crops and all my goods. Only thinking about material wealth, material life, and the things that he could have and he could do and he could control. Never thinking about beyond that period of time and uh, not thinking about the true important things of life he could have like I said he could have given some to the poor but he says what shall I do um, Jesus described him as a man who would be we would say was about I me or myself and uh, uh, that he was uh, just looking for those things that he could make his life more simple, more easy, and have greater wealth uh, in doing that. So, do we uh, think God can take care of us? We have to ask ourselves that sometimes. Can God take care of the things that, that, he, that, we, that we encounter in our life? Certainly he can. Certainly he can. He is able. Uh, he is able to save our soul to give us salvation, eternal salvation, uh, that someday when this life is finished, that we will be with him. We don't know the things that we will encounter during the lifetime that we have upon this earth. Not a one of us. We don't even know about tomorrow. We don't know about uh, this evening uh, beyond where we are right now. Uh, so, <clears throat> yes, God is able uh, to take care of us. And... Uh, that our thoughts should be focused on spiritual things and how that we may serve and that uh, what Jesus said about daily provisions. I'm going to read a, a passage here from Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus talks about this. Uh, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Uh, it is not, li is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. And uh, they neither sow nor reap. 
and but they get and are gathered into barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about the clothing? Uh, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We can trust God. We can depend upon God. And uh, knowing that he loves us, he cares for us, it does not mean we're beyond challenges in life. Uh, every one of us, we will have challenges to deal with. We have uh, uh, nothing that says once we accept Christ as our Savior that uh, there's just going to be a bed of roses. Actually, if you read about the apostles and their lives, it was the opposite of that. But they had that in their hearts. They had the joy and the, the comfort and that peace that Paul speaks of, that peace which passeth all understanding, which will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, that's what we have as believers in Christ. We have that. I have had difficult uh, times in my life. You've had difficult times in your life. You've had times that you had to stand at the graveside of a loved one. Uh, you've had times that uh, maybe a financial distress or something in your life, things that happen. But we, we have, we experience those things. And Sometimes in those difficult times, uh, there is spiritual growth that occurs that we didn't even notice the things that, that happen. But someone had once stated that uh, we grow in the valley just as we grow on the hilltop, maybe even more. Uh, that when we are in times of life, that there are struggles. And uh, so, but the importance of this is that our dependence is upon God our trust is upon him and that we know that our soul is in his care this man did not know that as he spoke of this parable and he said I will say to my soul soul you have many goods laid up for many years take your ease eat drink and be merry not thinking at all about the moment that he lives about the next breath that he draws but the importance that knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, having God in our life that he may guide us, is the greatest joy that we have, far beyond any material blessing that we could ever enjoy. And to be rich toward God, in verse 21, uh, he spoke of, of this, uh, so that so is he, who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. To be rich toward God, that the, spirit, the spiritual life that we have and the service that we render 
in the Lord's service is, as he said in, in Matthew chapter 6, Lay not up treasures for yourself in heaven, where moth and rust doth corrupt, but lay treasures in heaven. Uh, lay your treasures in heaven. Uh, not upon this earth, but I confuse that verse. Lay not your treasures up on this earth, uh, where moth and rust doth corrupt, but uh, lay your treasures in heaven, uh, where, uh, where they have eternal uh, lasting. And uh, so this man's thoughts, his wild plan and dealing with success and uh, he was really taking I think of it as taking a risk that a person has some people say well I'll just wait until the time that uh, that I'm near death and I'll accept the Lord there's no promise of that uh, there's no promise that you're going to have that opportunity but Jesus but Jesus said uh, in the parable that thou fool this night thy soul will be required of you uh, the rich and the poor have one thing in common actually the Mortality rate for humans is 100%. We will all die uh, if the Lord does not return uh, soon. If the Lord does not return, until the, Lord, until the Lord returns, we will all face physical death until he returns. And uh, uh, I pray that that is soon, that the Lord returns and that uh, he would take us to be with him. There are... And not because there are struggles in this life, not because there are difficulties in this life, but just because we love the Lord and we want to be with him. And we want him to come back and we can praise him forever and uh, we will see Jesus. We will, we will see the loved ones that we have had to say goodbye to uh, here upon this earth. My wife and I had two sons. God blessed us with uh, two sons. Jeremy, the younger, Jonathan's the older. Jeremy was younger. He was deaf. God used his life, I believe, to show me a ministry that I worked in for about 37 years. God permitted Jeremy to be with us for 27 years, and he went to heaven. And that was the hardest time of my life but knowing where he is and knowing that I am going to see him again gives me peace and it gives me hope of course the first thing we want to do when we arrive in heaven we want to go praise Jesus and uh, just like some of the songs what will I do well uh, we're going to praise him that's what we're going to do and we're going to thank him for the salvation of our souls and then my prayer is that then we can see some of those people that we've had to say goodbye to here upon this earth and uh, uh, that God will grant that to us. But someday, uh, for all of us, there will be that time that um, uh, our span of life upon this earth uh, is finished and um, the importance is that we know Christ as our Savior and that we know where we're going. Uh, I think that was mentioned this morning. Uh, someone made that statement that we know where we're going when we leave this life. I've said many times from the pulpit where I used to pastor, I do not know how people who don't know the Lord get through life in those trying times as when we have to say goodbye to a loved one or the great distress that people have in life. Without the Lord, I don't know how they do it. I don't. And uh, sometimes those trying times actually show people the importance and brings them to the Lord. 
It certainly does. But I do think that there is a, a, a growth, uh, spiritual growth that we have even in those, those very trying times. I hope, as I'm sure you hope, that someday we as God's people, uh, we seek to serve him, uh, though sometimes we fail. None of us are perfect. I would never say that. I used to tell our folks, uh, you're not perfect and you don't have a perfect preacher, me. Uh, but we are people who love the Lord, and we know that we're going to be with Him someday in the future. And just to hear those words, maybe, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I thought about that a lot, you know, when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ. I don't think that some people say, well, maybe just your whole life, everything you did wrong is just going to flash before you. No, I don't think so. I think one of the one of the things, if, if anything, the Lord might say, well, right here you could have done better. You could have improved that. He loves us. He loves us. And uh, he knows we love him if we truly have Jesus in our hearts. And uh, I think that, you know, if a person, uh, well, just like if we, uh, I mentioned our two boys, one of them, uh, it took some pretty strong correction for him, the older one, the younger could just look at him and uh, pretty much he understood dad didn't want me to do that and I think that that's that's true with us as, as God's children 